Hello, welcome to the Grace Apostolic Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us. We hope this podcast serves as a tool that encourages you and helps you navigate through this journey called life. If you wouldn't mind, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and review this podcast channel. Your feedback matters, and we want to serve you to the best of our abilities. Thank you so much. Let's go to the Word. Going to Philippians chapter 3, verse number 8. Yea, doubtless, this is Paul speaking. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. He lost his friends in the Sanhedrin. And many of the disciples were afraid of him. (laughs) So he lost a lot of things. He lost connections. He had maybe one or two guys around him at any given time. But he lost everything. He lost his reputation, everything that he had. But he counted as nothing that he might win Christ. Verse 9, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. I want to just read the first part of this verse. That I may know him. That I may know him. Paul said, my life is nothing. There's only one thing in my life. And that is that I want to know Christ. I want to know God. Now, understand, this was a new relationship for Paul. Paul was killing everybody, preaching the name of Jesus. So Paul, in his later years, has, says, i got some catching up to do. I want to know every aspect of him. I, I want to talk to his disciples. I want, I want to know him. It's been a long time, so I just want to spend the rest of my life just getting to know my Savior. And I want to talk to you a little bit this afternoon, simply on the subject, the essence of God. The essence of God. Can everyone say amen to the reading of the word? You may be seated in the name of Lord Jesus. The Bible says in John 4, 24, God is a spirit. The essence, the word essence simply means the intrinsic nature or indispensable quality of something, especially something abstract that determines its character. It's the essence. And I think oftentimes we talk about God, we talk about Jesus, we talk about how he's revealed himself to us, but many times... We, we miss the essence of God. We miss the overall picture of what He is. It's more than what we talk about. It's what we know and what we feel about when we talk about Him. Kind of like when you're reading a book or you're watching a movie. It's Everything's happening, but there's an essence that you can't put a finger on. It's just the outside of what you're gathering. So in essence, you're saying, you said all these things, but in essence... You're saying this. It's important that we understand the essence of our God. It's it's important that we understand what his thought process is and how he looks at us. Because often if you don't know him and you don't get a relationship with him, you'll miss the essence of what he is. The essence of God is this. He wants a relationship with you. He misses his time 
with you. He wants you to know that He exists. We go on our day and we get so busy and the whole time all Jesus is saying is He's saying, hey, I just want to knock on your heart's door so that I can have a, a relationship with you. We know that the Bible says in 1 John 4 and 8, the Bible says that love is of God, but then it takes a step further. God is love. God is, that's the essence of what God, God is love. Therefore, exactly what they're talking about, when people come in broken and people come in disturbed by life and they have issues and hang-ups and hurts, all these things, and, and what they need is a church that, that can't sit them down for a Bible and say, oh, this is what God is. What they need to feel is the essence of God when they come into the church. They need to feel it exuding from every member that they're not going to be judged or they're not going to be looked down on, but there's an essence. They can't put their finger on it, but there's something about those people I like when they look at me and they talk to me. They actually love me as a person. Why? Because we've discovered the essence of what God is. It's important that if we are to be not just followers of God, but worshipers of God, that we must have an understanding of who he is. What is his character? What is his makeup? What are the qualities of God that, that makes us want to go on to know him? What can we learn of him? What can we know about him that causes us to worship him because we really know him? And not that we just live on the fringes of what our parents or our preachers tell us that he is. It is important, folks, that at some point in our lives that we walk with God for ourselves, that we know him for ourselves. Now, we understand that everyone, when a child begins to walk, everyone expects to be close to the baby. We understand the process. If you have kids, you've all been there. You get down on your knees and you follow them every step of the way. They're doing this. You know, you're, you're right there because you understand the process is until they learn to walk, I'm going to be as close to them as possible. I don't want my child falling over and bumping their head or whatever. So as a parent, you walk right next to that child as they're learning to walk. Right? And hopefully you guys, you folks do that with your babies. And hopefully some of you having kids someday, you'll, get, you'll know it. They'll, they'll take one, two steps and you're excited. And we'll get close to the baby, they're going to fall. And they, you know, they're only this big. You know, how, how bad can they really hurt themselves, right? They're, now when we fall, we fall hard because we're way up here, but they're just down there. But we... We walk next to the child because the child is learning to walk and we know they need our help to, to, to help them in case they fall over. But at some point, you realize that when that child learns to walk, that you begin to give the child space. It would be quite awkward for a mom to walk around her six-year-old. It's like, mom, what are you doing? I'm, 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 I'm perfectly fine. You realize that when the child begins to walk, that child no longer needs you to be there for them at that, in that particular area of how they were when they were a child. Why? Because they learned how to walk for themselves. 
However, there's another round of problems when that happens. When a child becomes mobile, they're gone. When a child learns I can go into these rooms that I could never go in before, they want to go into every room and you're, oh God, oh God, Lord, where's the baby? Jesus, help us find the baby. And the baby's somewhere, you know, up in the, I don't know, closet doing something because when they start walking, it's a natural progress that the baby wants to go everywhere it can because it, its legs have taken them places they never could go before. And so they naturally begin to walk and they start getting Busy. Can I tell you, spiritually speaking, as your pastor, I would rather chase someone around that's actively exploring the unknown and walking with God than someone that has never learned to walk and has never gone anywhere in their experience with God. Give me someone that says, Lord, I just want to walk with you, Lord. I want to go here and there, and we're chasing around, but guess what? They're actively doing something. They're getting to learn God more. They're hungry for God rather than someone that just sits there and does nothing with their walk with God. Because it's a natural process, it is supposed to happen. There's sad times, difficult time for any parent when their small child doesn't hit certain benchmarks in life and Mom and dad realizes their child isn't doing what they should be at this particular time. The books say they should be doing this. And so they take their baby into the doctor. And their doctor tells the heartbroken parents, I'm sorry, but your child will never walk because of certain things in their life. And it's a very sad moment because you know naturally when a baby's born, there are processes they go through and they go through certain hurdles. And it's just something we expect when children begin to grow up in life. And it's no wonder that the Bible speaks of new converts as babes in Christ. In 1 Peter 2 and 2, the Bible says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. See, there is, a, there is a, an expectation of forward growth. And if you're not careful, you can become a person stuck on baby. I came in, I got baptized, I got the Holy Ghost, I repented of my sins, and I went and I got my, my favorite seat in the house, and I sat there every single week, and I brought my bib, and I brought my pacifier, and I'm going to sit on the pew, and I'm going to let whoever preaches give me this, oh, my, my teacher's going to teach me this, but you never learn to get it for yourself. You never learn to walk for yourself, and there's a problem with that. We never grow to know the Lord for ourselves. Always asking others, what does this mean? Or asking others, what does that mean? We never learn to know Jesus for ourselves. And many people were admonished by the writer because they're dull hearing in Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12. He says, for, for, for when for the time you ought to be teachers... But they never learned the essence of God. They never learned who he really was as a personal God to them. When you should be teachers, you have, uh, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become. It wasn't your plan what you should have been. You should have been further advanced, but you're reverting back. You become 
become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Again, we see two examples. One is as you get older, you begin to walk for yourself. It'd be crazy if we had Lincoln, you know, those bouncer chairs or whatever, you know, in the middle of the, the doorway. You get your kid in a bouncer because you don't really want to watch him. You just let him sit there in that bouncer. And you, you say, oh, it's exercising their legs. You know, they're doing fine. No, it'd be crazy if Link come home and Lincoln's in one of those bouncers, you know, with the, or those little wheels, you know. The little, little cars that got wheels on. They sit in there and play their toys. You know, I'd be like, man, there's something wrong with my son. He's... Although if they made adult, adult-sized ones, I can imagine some of those guys would be in one of those things and just kind of easy. But as a child, you walk by yourself. And as a, as, as a grown-up, as you get older, you begin to eat for yourself. There's one excuse people use why they don't stick around to a certain church. I just wasn't getting fed. <laughs> Folks, listen, your pastor has the exact same Bible that you have. I've got the exact same Holy Ghost that you have. Yes, we know that God puts uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. That's great. But that does not eliminate the fact that all of us have to feed ourselves. All of us have to get up in the morning and open up the Word of God and let God speak to you for themselves. I'm sorry if you're just waiting to have everything you know about God happen on Sunday. I'm going to fail you. I don't have enough knowledge. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. But every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you've got a richness, you've got the word of God, you've got prayer, you've got fasting, all these things that God says, you've got to get it for yourself if you want to know who I am. Well, I got my, I got my dose of God because I went to church and I said, no, 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 you need to get it for yourself. I'm so glad that my wife for dinner doesn't have to open up a jar of Gerber peas and feed me dinner. I'm a meat eater. Bless God in this country. I'm a meat eater. Praise God for that. Because I've grown up. I've grown up and God expects the same natural growth to happen in the spirit and understanding of every single believer. At some point, you've got to graduate from, from, from those baby food and get something for yourself because there's a broken world out there. They may never come here, but you can go to them. And if we're going to really reach the, the, the world for Jesus, every one of us has got to get a word under our arm, say, hey, if someone's going to be one, I'm going to be the one reaching them because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In this room today, the majority of you ought to be teachers. You ought to know the essence of God. You ought to know when he moves, when he it leads you to something, leads you to do something. You ought to be able to explain him. If you've been in this church long enough, you ought to be able to explain what you believe. Now this scripture does not mean that everyone that comes into this truth will necessarily become a public teacher or a preacher of the gospel, but that at some point we ought to be able to explain to others the truth of the apostolic faith. We ought to be able to explain to them how God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. It ought to not be a mystery when someone asks us, we ought to have the answer. Because we learned about him, we learned him for ourselves, who is God? Does he dwell as three or one? Is he flesh? Is he spirit? Is he tangible? Can he be seen? 
or am I a 42-year-old man that still needs someone to help me walk in Jesus Christ because I never got it for myself. In Acts chapter 17, verse 23, Paul addresses the people that were in Athens. Paul came and he was sitting there in Athens and he began to see all these altars set up to common gods of the Athenians. But among the images of all these other common gods in Acts 17, 23, they also had an altar built to the unknown god, the god whom they didn't know. Historians say this was undoubtedly the god of the Jews. Obviously, the stories of his miracles through the wilderness, the things he'd done to Egypt, have made themselves known to the people around about that area, that, that there is a god that had done some great things for the Jewish people. Over the years... Uh, the people of Athens had undoubtedly received some sort of obscure reports about what this God had done before. And that because the Jews carefully concealed his name and had no image of the God of the Old Testament, the Athenians had no statue to him because they had all these idols, but to this unknown God, there's just a superscription, just something here. To the, we don't know what he looks like, we've heard stories of him, but just in case we miss him, we want to give him praise too. To this unknown God. And so I'm afraid... This is where many Christians are stuck and why many Christians can't get over the influence of the world because they've never learned Jesus for themselves. They never came to a relationship with him of love, only of expectation of duty. I guess I'll go to church. Got to read my Bible. Everyone keeps sending those U version apps. I might as well read my Bible. I might as well get them bored. And, but we never learn the sweetness of our relationship to Jesus Christ. We've never learned Him for ourselves. We've heard stories of what others have said He's like. We've heard rumors of what He used to do, but we've never really pushed beyond the limits of comfort to see it for ourselves. We've never really spent enough time in the influence of his spirit enough to kill the influence of the world off of us. See, understand, they had all the other idols there, and in the mix, they had the God of the Jews, or this unknown God. They worshiped all these idols, but they also worshiped the unknown God. They just threw him in the mix. He was just part of their week. He was just part of their devotion. They prayed they didn't really know him. They prayed to this God they knew. They had a statue. And then it just because they weren't sure, they throw this unknown God into the mix. So because we just don't have a relationship with him, we have the influence of the world because we have not made him the God of all gods. Therefore, God just remains as another God among all the other gods in our life. And, and, and we honor him on Sunday, but then we're given to all the other worldly influences during the week and all the spirits that are there during the week. We watch their programs. We listen to their messages. We bow to their demands. And we wonder why our Sunday blessings can't keep us through Monday afternoon. The reason is because victory will never come from Sunday devotions to an unknown God. Just because you go to church on Sunday, 
and you devote your hour and a half to this God who your parents told you you got to go to church today. Just because you show up does not mean that unknown God who you call Jesus that you never really met, never took time to know, can rescue you from the influences that are in this world. Let me take it a step further. The influence of your parents' God can't rescue you. The influence of your pastor's God or the God of the Bible cannot rescue you. You must know him for yourself. You must experience his love for yourself. You must come to his light for yourself. You must get his spirit for yourself. You must understand his grace and his touch for yourself. You've got to get it for yourself. Open up the word and learn of Jesus Christ for yourself. How do I find him, pastor? You tell me I need to do this. What do I do? You open up the scriptures. Read what the Bible says. John 5, 39, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. If you want to know God for yourself, if you want to understand him for yourself, open up the scriptures and learn it for yourself. Because in the scriptures they testify of the God I'm preaching about this afternoon. And the more you read about him, the more you know about his essence and what he is. There's nothing that drives me more crazy. And now the word bonkers comes to mind. Bumfuzzled, bonkers, all these words, great words. Drives me bonkers when you're having a conversation. And someone tries to tell you all they know about something and they have no idea what they're talking about. They're just repeating what everyone else says around them. But because they've been listening to everybody else. They have this, this no-so. Well, you never looked into it for yourself. You just simply looked at what CNN or Fox News says or all these, uh, and you don't really even know what you're talking about. You're like, where'd you get your information? Oh, this is, this is why this is just happening. You, you don't even know. It drives me crazy. You don't even, you haven't even studied about it yet. You think you have a, you have this, this the, 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 you, you cornered the market on the, the argument of what you believe and you don't even know it. It's someone else's belief. You're just reiterating it. Do you know what absolutely drives me crazy? When people try to tell me what God's like or what the church is like or what Christians are like or what Jesus is like and they've never even opened the word of God. Because I promise you, if you ever open the word for yourself, you will realize he's a buckler and a shield. You'll realize he's a lover of the sinner. You'll realize that his grace goes beyond your worst sin. But you got to open up the word and get it for yourself. Man, I love, man, I started, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, like, I'm not a guy that's it's into arguing people. You, you can't cut, you can't win people by cutting people up and all this. So I just let people talk sometimes. And man, I, I started asking me, where'd you hear that from? Or how do you, well, you know, you know, the Bible's full of so many errors and stuff. So really, what scripture's an error? Where, where's the error at? Oh, uh, and someone said, well, I don't really re- read the Bible. I just know there's a there. How do you know that? You're hearing what everybody else wants you to say. And at some point, if we're going to really stand as Christians, young people, you're not going to know God because of what church you go to. You're not going to know God because of who your pastor is. But you're going to find yourself in a closet of prayer saying, Lord, I know what my mom and dad say he is. But God, I want to know who you are for myself that you might have passion like Paul that says, if I don't know anything else, God, I want to know him for myself. You are absolutely.
absolutely ruining your relationship with God by listening to what everyone else says he is. Because you never learned his essence for yourself. Have you ever hated someone and you never even met them? But because a friend of yours says, oh, he's a terrible guy. He must be terrible. My friend thinks he's terrible. He's the most terrible guy. And you never even gave a guy a chance. But you hated him right away. You never even met this face, but you already, in your mind, he's the biggest jerk in the world. Or she's the, you know. But you're so busy letting everyone else tell you. Aren't you tired of being led by the hand of, your, of how you should feel about God? Aren't you tired of, of people telling you every Christian's a hypocrite? Guess what? The world has hypocrites too. You can't get away from hypocrites. I'd rather be in a church full of hypocrites that has a chance to get right than be in the world and be lost. Come on, bring me every hypocrite we have because I hope that we have enough Holy Ghost inside of us that those hypocrites can change their mind and realize, hey, this is real. What these people have is absolutely real. Any of you, have you ever had a friend tell you when you tell them what class you're having, you tell them what teacher you're having? Oh, you're going to absolutely hate that class. It's like, she's like the worst math teacher in the world. Sister Anderson, she just, you know, Miss Anderson, she just. And you didn't even give her a chance. Because the first day of school, you come in there and you throw your stuff on the table and you just lean back in your chair and say, oh, this is going to be, you know, nine weeks of misery. I'm like, I've been the worst teacher. And all of a sudden you realize, hey, that's a great teacher. And, I, and you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell your friend that, you know, she's a cool teacher because you don't want to be out on the outs with your friend. But you already go in there with a concept that because your friend knows that what they're talking about, that all of a sudden, that's going to be the same thing for you. Listen, just because people don't want to serve God and be right with God, don't tell, don't let them tell you the apostolic church is broken. Don't let them tell you how bad things are. Don't let them tell you how bad God is just because they don't want to live for God. Why don't you experience it for yourself? Why don't you love God for yourself and let God prove himself to you? That's why the Bible says taste and see uh, that the Lord is good. Uh, listen, everyone can tell you how bad it tastes, but until you get in your mouth yourself, you realize, oh, your word is like honey to my mouth. Uh, I'm so glad I learned it for myself. I want we just raise our hands for a minute. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Help us to learn it for ourselves, God. Help us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm getting ready to close. We can all stand. Comes to reading the Word of God. How do you know Him? Because you open up the Bible and you learned about Him. How else do you learn about Him? You learn about Him in prayer. You learn about Him when you begin to discover His goodness and mercy to you. You start praying and you feel His presence. There's a song, I Almost Gave Up. I wouldn't sing it for you, but I, I almost gave up first, right? But he touched me or something. What has this song guy? You know the song I'm talking about? You get the essence of what I'm saying? Okay, good. But when you start praying and you feel afraid and you feel worthless and you feel like nobody loves you, and then in Hebrews chapter 4, Verse number 15, the Bible says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. And you're praying to this high priest, Jesus Christ our Lord.
and you're loving him and you're saying, Lord, I know I don't deserve to be in your presence. I know what I've done was wrong. I know the things I've done was wrong. I know that what I've said was wrong. The thoughts I thought were wrong. I love these things, Lord. But you spend time there and you just let him come down to where you are. And you let his essence come into your room and you let his presence, that, that love that he's full of, come into your room and then all of a sudden tears start coming out of your face. You're like, man, well, I don't know why I'm crying, but it's the essence of your Savior that loves you starts coming to that room. And then as you're praying, the Bible says, let us therefore come boldly, everybody say boldly, unto the throne of what? Whoa. Grace. We talk about, we spend way more time talking about the white throne of judgment than we do the throne of grace. Oh, we're all going to be judged, bless God, at the white throne of judgment. But can I tell you the majority of the time right now, where God rests, he rests on the throne of grace. But if you don't know the essence of God, everyone else is going to tell you that all God is, is a God of judgment. All he is a guy that wants to put his thumb on you and he wants to make you dress holy and he wants to make you think holy and oh, you're in bondage and all these things. But really, once you know him, you realize you serve a God that sits on a throne of grace. And what that means to me, the essence I get from that is no matter how bad my sin is, there's a God whose grace goes beyond my worst failure and my worst sin and my worst habit, fear, hang up, all the things I face my God's grace is greater. And so today in this house, we can't see him, but you can feel him. You can't, you can't see the wind blow, but you can see the wind. You can see the wind through the trees, and the trees are a result of that. When the Spirit of God blows through, you can't see it, but people are standing there raising their hands. And we raise our hands because we're surrendering ourselves to God. We're surrendering, Lord. I don't know what you look like, I don't know what you smell like, Lord, but. If I raise my hands, I surrender myself to you, Lord. You see my heart. I might not have all the right words, but I want to speak to you. I love you, Jesus. And there's an essence that blows through. Something you never felt before. It's, a, it's an essence that says, listen, I, I've got a deal for you. Jesus, come unto me, all you burden heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. See, we don't want any yokes on us, but you don't know that you already have a yoke on you. I ain't going to let my parents tell me what to do again. I'm going to the army. Bless God and do what I want to do. All God is, don't go to that church. All they're about is standards. All they're about is you don't do this, don't do this. It's all about rules and regulations. It's nothing but a yoke. Do you know we're reaching for people that are bound? They're getting ready to blow their heads off. They're getting ready to commit suicide because they have no one else to go. And we're going to dog what happens here. I'm telling you, we need to get the message out there. We need to let them know there's a burden and there's a, a yoke lifter. His name is Jesus Christ our Lord. Who is he talking to? He's not talking to free range chickens here. He's talking about people... Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly. He said, all you that are burdened, heavy laden, you've already got a yoke on you. You're going to always be yoked. You're not going to get out. You're never your own. The, the, first, the first realize you denial, first step of celebrate recovery, realize I am not my own. I got myself in this mess. I, am, I can't get myself out of this mess. And I'm under a yoke. 
yoke of drugs, depression, heartache, sickness, and we come into the presence of God, and Jesus says, oh, you, I, I want to trade you. I want to take the yoke of the world off you. And if you just let me slide my yoke on your shoulders and you learn of me and you, 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 you learn of me and let me work with you, I promise you my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because drug abuse is heavy. Chronic illness is heavy. Sorrow, bitterness, hurts, habits and hangups, it's all heavy. And all Jesus says is, I just want to trade you. I want to make a deal with you. If you give me your ashes... I'm going to give you some beauty back. If you give me sorrow, I'm going to give you the oil of joy. I'm, I'm going to make a, a difference in your life that, that nowhere else you can find this invitation but right in the house of God. And so today we're going to open up these altars. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, today's your day. If you want to be baptized, we're certainly not going to take anybody and make them do something they don't want to do. But behind that screen, there's waters there. We submerge people, not in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but in the name of Jesus. And then you can raise your hands and you can begin to praise the Lord and worship God and you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Evidence of speaking other tongues. Today, if you want to do that, you want to be baptized today, you can find someone. Brother Kevin, raise your hand. Sister Lori, you can raise your hand. You could go to these two right here and they can tell you all about it if you want them to. If you really want to be baptized and have your sins washed away, go to these two right here and they'll tell you all about what it takes to be baptized. Thank you again for joining us here at Grace Apostolic Church. Hopefully this message spoke to you as it did for many others. Grace Apostolic Church is a church family that you can be a part of. If you would like to connect to the church, the best way would be to visit our website at gacclawson.org or visit one of our services. Our service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. For more information, you can go online at gacclawson.org. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.